1: Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlick.
0: The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer, and the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to ingarlick.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner, the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Uh, welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Today we've got one of the pioneers in in email, and their director of marketing. And we're going to talk about A how they've changed, how they've adapted to the market. And also towards the end of the show, we're going to give you some hot tips on getting in the inbox getting to uh, the decision makers and some of the tips and tricks that really people aren't taking advantage of. that are super simple, but can switch to marketing. Uh, Eric Harbison, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you have 20 years of experience in marketing, B2B marketing. Tell, tell me a little bit about your background before we get into what's going on AWeber.
1: Sure. So my background started in traditional marketing, and that was you know, media buying, planning, and what I loved most about that was just the ability to use data. At that at that point, it's pretty limited, but use that to to make decisions on messaging around ads that would be placed. Then I got sucked into the internet around the late '90s, uh, which led to um, uh, pursuing a lot of different um, digital agencies and small agencies to ones you know starting an agency myself with a couple of friends. All the way up to uh, an agency that was inside of a, a Fortune 100 company. So kind of ran the gamut of running digital marketing strategy and execution for tons of brands. And then decided to kind of go to the other side, and that's um, on the client or technology side. And that's when I joined Aweber to head up their marketing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Aweber because it used to be i mean, a, a pretty – I used it before. It's a, it was a pretty simple email marketing. It was good. But it wasn't an infusion software. It wasn't like these complex things. W- what were your challenges and how have you adapted to them?
1: Um, challenges, you know, one challenge is, is trying to stay with the pace of the market. And when I first joined, you know, small businesses, you know, it's time, experience and money are the biggest challenges that a small business has. And, you know, while small businesses were being successful using the platform, um, it was – uh, watching a very rapid pace of advancement of small businesses really understanding and learning how to get more advanced and while again, while we were servicing small businesses, there were certain things around automation and tagging and segmenting that uh, businesses were starting to take advantage or wanting to take advantage of more um, so keeping up with the pace of the market was one, and I think our team's done a great job of of meeting that pace uh, in the last six months where we are able to solve for those more advanced automation needs. Um, But, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that without having a great uh, open communication line with our customers and letting them know that um, while we may not have a feature at that time, there is other ways to leverage email uh, to be successful and accomplish what they're trying to do. Um, So
0: tell me a little bit about how you approached it. How did you um, really get to understand your market and adapt while still making yourself seem different?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. We're kind of in a unique spot in that we've been in this market for almost 20 years. And over time, I think um, we've been able to stay really focused on uh, who can be successful using our product. And there's always that constant market or that, that market that's going to need the base solution of an autoresponder. And it was being really good at giving them that solution and making it really easy for them to get set up. Uh, meanwhile, you know, our product team was staying focused on what do we need to think about in the next three, six, nine months, and that's where some of these more advanced features started to pop up. So there's always this constant feedback loop with our customers, um, um, communication, surveys, developing personas, just really getting smart about who are we for, who's being successful with us, and then maybe a little bit of aspiration of saying, who is it that we want uh, to be using our product, knowing that things are evolving so quickly. Um, so with things evolving so quickly, tell me about
0: your role. I mean, as a director of marketing, um, and chief marketing officer and, and, uh, sorry in, in a you know, product development marketing, we've had a few other companies, you know, that do forms and, and software and there's, and obviously the two have to work together. What, yep. how do you make that happen? Uh,
1: internally, one thing that, um, uh, was very obvious when I first joined was you know to to help that that communication be very fluid uh, was to establish a product marketing role that would be the liaison between both marketing and product and that coupled with you know just a focus on really getting to know our product really well as a team um and just having open lines of communication you know having the right meetings not necessarily just meetings for the sake of having them but making sure that we were um you know, almost serving as uh, a good feedback loop for our product team to know not just, you know, what the customers are saying, but also uh, knowing use cases that were specific because we are users of our own product. Uh, but we do not, you know, we do not do that to the extent of being blind to the market. And we certainly want to get the feedback from those customers. So having that liaison to, to, to bridge the gap um, uh, was certainly helpful to make sure that anytime that there's something happening with the product we had a way to communicate, not just with customers about it, but also with a uh, target audience.
0: Awesome. And so w- what are your main communication methods? I mean, I see you have a, I mean, obviously you have a blog. What are the ones that are working for you right now when talking to your audience? Is it email?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, I mean, we, we get a little bit obsessed about uh, leveraging email. I mean, obviously as an email company, we want to make sure that we're doing it well, but uh, talking with our customers, you know, we, we find that the, the education angle or providing education that's actionable has been very valuable, um, not just in the form of what was content, which I think was was very strong about five years ago, but I'd say the use of video, as you know, is very impactful as it relates to uh, tying humans with humans. So workshops, trainings, webinars have been great ways for us to showcase some of these new features, but even just some of the basics of getting started. So I think video's kind of taken a um, a big, it's been something we've been focused on a lot, I'd say, in the last 18 months to getting that as an asset and vehicle to communicate, not just with customers, but also with potential customers.
0: Awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, you know, we, we have a video marketing agency. Everyone says they need video, but how did you guys go about deciding what videos, who's going to be on there,
1: how long, et cetera? Is, it a, is that that feedback loop again? It starts with that. And then, you know, there's a there's a you know, there's this premise of, uh, you know, gut data gut that we tend to follow, uh, which is source that there is a video I saw someone talking about that, where it's, you know, we have hypothesis that we, we like to think about as it relates to the content, the messaging. Um, is it educational? Is it entertaining? Is it informative? You know, it all starts with kind of a strategic session to figure out who we're we trying to reach um, what's the outcome we want uh, to happen and then you know therefore what sort of content do we need to put in and that leads to storyboarding script writing um we don't want to we don't overdose in terms of meetings from conception to execution but we make sure that there's a process that is allows for enough brainstorming it allows for enough review by stakeholders but it also is focused on lean meaning we want to make sure we get something that into the market especially video because um, it can be something we get a lot of feedback on quickly. Yeah,
0: and I think that's a great thing that a lot of people, I mean, I see it too, is they overthink the video. They overthink and yeah. of testing. And, and you know, I tell people, I'm like, you know what? It, even if your video is absolutely horrible, people aren't going to remember it six months from now. So, right. it, you know, but it's it's great to get that feedback loop. Um, so now with video, how are you integrating video and, and these types of things into AWeber, into your marketing, um, especially into your email
1: marketing? So in two ways, from a, from a non-customer standpoint, uh, we're using it as part of uh, education, uh, education for those that are looking to, to learn more about email or, or they're using another provider and they're thinking about switching AWeber. So we use, email, so we use video in our emails to introduce our team. Uh, but introduce our team around a topic. So that would be a video uh, from one of our content team members. We just did this recently, where it was introducing her as a subject matter expert around what to write in your emails. That just got a lot of great feedback, and it was done in a way so that there was a video that allowed for comments. And, you know, it 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 blew our expectations away in terms of the amount of comment comments and feedback that people were willing to give around the excitement of this specific topic. So for us, it's introducing team members and then establishing ourselves as thought leaders. And then for customers, uh, we use it in terms of onboarding series. So those that are getting used to the product, uh, it's how-to videos, it's screencasts, and we can make it very specific and tactical. And to your point, we're not overthinking the development of it. And it doesn't have to be you know, Hollywood production, uh, sometimes a screencast in its rawest form is most helpful to somebody who just needs to see, you know, in that sequence, where do I click and how do I do that? So I think it's, you know, from an education standpoint for customers, it's more of the how-to, it's more of uh, use cases in terms of watch how we accomplish X by using this feature.
0: Very cool. And that, and that's, I love the fact that you're getting your team involved too. And I always preach that to people. It's like get your team involved. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially for small businesses, that's a great way for them to, you know, take some of the pressure off the face of the business and also for them to to feel like their their team is part of their family, right? I mean I'm sure Absolutely. you got some interesting feedback, right? From from yeah. them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, feedback in terms of nice to put, you know, put um, voice with face, face with name, those sorts of things. Uh, but the team does, does such a great job of articulating um, the importance and the value of that human interaction. Uh, but also make ourselves available. I mean, our, our customer support team as well. We we also feature them in videos because it's real people that you're talking to, not chatbots, not you know automation, not offshore help. I mean, it really is people that are here. Uh, looking to help you because as a small business owner, you know, relationships are very, very powerful um, and very important. And we want to extend those relationship connections with our team. Yeah.
0: And I think what you're doing can apply to any business because additionally, it adds that level of, I wouldn't say forgiveness, but for lack of a better word, that's there. There's more understanding coming from your clients when things don't work because
1: they have a face to it. Do you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yes, and that's why we have focused on introducing uh like you said other team members. So, you know, uh team members from our product team have been featured in videos when it comes to talking about new features because, you know, when you send an email to this person, you want to know that that is the person that you're emailing because it is their role to make sure that they take your feedback, incorporate it into the next release. And we want to showcase those individuals versus just, you know, only one person or a team signature or things like that. We want to make sure that by connecting with those individuals, it's important to see that you're right. Those are the real people that are here to help you.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we talk a lot about education. We talk about staying in touch, but how much are you all selling through email? Is every email have some sort of call to action in it? Are you pacing out your sales, your direct sales emails? How does that work?
1: So we have a sales team that is uh, using email to connect with um, certain accounts and build that relationship through education first you know solving a problem with some content that we have uh, but certainly having a a steady diet of valuable outreach um, to to close that business for the general as a, as a um, do it yourself you know software as a service there's a steady stream that are coming through every month that are interested in trying the product so the sell that will happen is, you know, we, we, we follow this recipe of just educating and helping first, and then as they consume more content or get deeper into the series, uh, we're not afraid to ask them, you know, and, and, and share the importance or the value that, and the benefit that AWeber can provide and offer them, you know, you know, for what most people don't realize when evaluating tool sets, especially in our case, is that, you know, if it's a beginner, it's, you know, the live support is big because sometimes a two minute phone call is much more impactful than a 10 minute chat and they have that option. So we kind of position those benefits that someone will get, uh, even for the, 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 the ones that are comparing on price, you know, we're 50, 70% less than the, the competition for the same functionality. So it's highlighting those things throughout those series, um, as they consume more content. Um, it's something, you know, to, to, your point, I mean, of asking, you know, it's something we've realized, I'd say in the last couple of months that we, you know, we're not afraid to ask because we believe there's extreme value that, that someone can get. Awesome. Um, you know, so
0: with this now, when everyone's thinking email, um, you know, I, have got a lot of, uh, you know what, I work with dentists, we work with lawyers, You know, on the business to consumer side, an automated email follow up makes sense. But on the I mean, you have the deep experience in B2B, Uh, you know, it's I'm sure working with large decision makers too. how uh, how does something like Aweber fit into that mix when I'm targeting a C level or, you know, an owner or something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you have the right contact or you have that information or you've you've uh, identified who you're looking to contact, you know, that the 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 secret of providing value is is usually what's most overlooked now most companies will say well what's the what what can i provide that's valuable i mean i just do i just provide a certain product or service and i think a lot of people miss the point of um in any given industry there's 10 things that anybody who's in the market in the addressable market doesn't know or could value, gain value from understanding so uh, just using email to outreach with, you know, I thought you would like these ten ideas, or anything that seems as kind of value that's being provided, um, almost like you're reading somebody's mind, um, is a good way to leverage email to connect with those decision makers. Um, we've also seen that when it comes to if someone's trying to reach the the CEO or the the COO or the the person who's going to maybe be able to make the decision, you know, aim to to connect with the person who may be the latter or the so I should say the level beneath them or in a supportive role around that individual. Um, Because in that way, think about it. If we can make the director of marketing a subject matter expert on how email can be valuable for their business, then they then are equipped to go and and get the approval, and we kind of do it for them. It's kind of like when you go to a conference, you see that link for convince your boss, and they give you that email template to print out. It's that same sort of uh, principle tied to using email. Because let's be honest, like the C-levels for Larger corporations may not get to every email, but they certainly meet with somebody on a weekly basis a uh, bi weekly basis on their team that may be able to bring this up as an agenda point.
0: That's a great, great idea. It's a very good point because we um, so many people just go straight for that ultimate decision maker because they think it's going to be a shortcut. And in, in the end, they're butting against the wall. And, and emails are great. I, I think that's v- super valuable to make them the subject matter expert with your subject. Uh, Correct. <laughs> uh, Correct. Yeah. And, you know, that does what what I call is you you become a micro authority where you don't have to be an authority. That's what's great about email. You don't have to be an authority to 20,000 people if you're really targeting 500 businesses. Right. Um, Right. And email can do that. So let's talk about getting into those inboxes. We talked about that a little bit before the show. How what are some of the best ways to get in the inboxes, especially the ways that most people aren't thinking of?
1: yeah that's a good question. I think a lot of uh businesses now um at least ones that we're serving uh they think that when the email doesn't get into the inbox, automatically it's uh something wrong with gmail or it's something wrong with the email service provider and oftentimes what happens when we when we dive into to someone who may have that issue um oh, they haven't emailed their list in six months or they forgot where they got the names from they, those sorts of things start to come up as like oh wait a minute you know someone thinking that just having an email is good enough well even now moving forward you know having permission and and having a, an email that you're regularly talking to is is almost a requirement while it is a requirement for successful emailing so it's it kind of puts the onus on the marketer to make sure that before they start sending you know have a good sense of how frequently are you sending are you sending to uh, emails that you know you have permission to send to but also they're active or they're active at certain levels on, on certain, you know, whatever messages you're sending. Um, so that, that, that plays a, a pretty important part when it comes to uh, getting the inbox. Now, if you have that figured out, well, then obviously it's the, the subject line. And, and you know, you'll, you've probably heard or read about, you know, all the things you want to try in a subject line. That could be its own podcast. but um, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but to that, you know, before you even send that email, it's how are you segmenting? And I think segmenting is something that that a lot of businesses are starting to do more of before they even think about that funny subject line. Because if you're talking to previous purchasers versus non or, you know, purchasers of X versus purchasers of Y, well, think about how specific that subject line could be. And I think just considering that before hitting send is going to help um, be relevant in the inbox. That could increase um, your ability to to be found but also uh, to uh, Increase engagement.
0: That's yeah. That's I mean that, that segmenting is super important. Um, uh, and so when when it goes beyond just purchasers, what are some of the other ways you, you are segmenting, and especially in the business to business area, and how and how are you going about it?
1: <clears throat> so one way we do it is is again we, we use a lot of education as a way to gain um, uh, folks within our addressable market. It's it's providing education and value. And just by asking a simple question, whether it's a subscriber, how many subscribers they have, or um, maybe what, you know, an influencer that they're familiar with, anything to kind of help segment them uh, based off of needs or wants. Again, going back to our personas, you know, we know or we have ideas of needs, wants, challenges, and goals. So if we ask questions that help to fill in those gaps, that allows us to segment even further. So... Let's say if of, of five thousand names that come in uh, through a lead gen piece, uh, if we simply ask a question like uh, whether it's you know how soon are you looking to choose an ESP, and then there's kind of a recency to, to action item or recency to purchase, um, that helps to kind of figure out is it a harder sell versus a softer sell for somebody who isn't necessarily right away thinking about it. Um, and again, just going back to those personas, if you have those needs and wants, it's. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example we have done, and maybe it's it's the uh, other tools in their tech stack that they're using. So if someone's like, I'm not using anything. Well, then I know that the co- the communication to them is going to be very specific on let's just get your email set up first before we look to other integrations like CRM or um, landing pages or things like that. So I'd say think less about the you know customer non customer purchase non purchase and more you know deeper into those uh, needs and wants and goals that, that you should have identified in any uh, persona development.
0: That's, I mean, so true. So true. And speaking to those will, I mean, greatly increase the engagement. Um, I actually saw a cool blog post. I, I won't talk about it that much, but on if you go to the AWeber blog, uh, I saw one of uh, what to do. You know, one way to increase engagement was 100-word emails throughout the year. Yeah. I thought that was a really yeah. cool blog post. And yeah. so true. I'm always harping on everyone here at Authentic Web, write short emails. Because, yeah. I mean, even if the email is super valuable, if it's long, someone's going to be like, oh, I'll read that later. Which, yeah. I mean, if you look at how many emails I'm going to read later, it's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and that's a great point. I mean, what, here's a challenge to the, to the audience is like, when's the last time you just sent a thank you email to your customers? No CTA and, you know, but while you may not have a, a click action inside of it think about the emotional connection. I mean, emotion is what drives action. So if someone is connected, well, wow, what a nice email I just received from this person, then the next email that you send, um, you know, they may think of you differently or may, you know, drag you into the primary box or something like that. So something just as simple as that. And, and, you know, that has led us to an initiative back to kind of the, the feedback loop that I talked about earlier is any email that we're sending to our customers, we give them the option to give us feedback. And um, it's positive or negative. You know, did you like this email? Was this email helpful? Yes or no? And just by including that, and we even developed a widget for it, uh, we've been getting just such great information. Now, information that we're using, not just getting it for the sake of getting it, but if you're allowing your customers to give you that reaction moment that, think about it, how many times you've got that email where you're like, stop emailing me because it's not relevant anymore. Sure, you can hit unsubscribe, but have your voice be heard by connecting with, a, um, a link to give feedback. Uh, that's something we found extremely valuable. If anyone listening does anything, uh, I would suggest, and it could be easily just a link at the bottom, you know, was this helpful? Yes or no. Like stop guessing based off of clicks, you know, get some more context around how somebody feels.
0: Awesome. That's a, that's super valuable advice and super easy advice. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people are scared to to hear that, right? <laughs> oh, my yeah. email is not valuable because I spent, three hours writing it and editing it. And now, and I know it's super valuable instead of going, just going, Hey, is this valuable? Uh, right. I I love that. Um, so let's talk about, you you talk about one of the widgets. Let's talk about some of the new features that you you've uh, developed over time and, and how you see them being used.
1: Yeah. So for, um, for Aweber, a big focus has been around, um, automation and automation defined as the ability to send, Uh, messages based off of attributes or actions of your subscribers. So uh, in an email, um, do you like A, B, or C? Someone clicks A, automatically they're sent a series based off of uh, content relevant to A. Similarly for